Hello and welcome to Dvorak Horowitz Unplugged, an hour-long discussion of activity in the financial markets around the world featuring columnist John C. Dvorak and money manager Andrew Horowitz. This conversation is casual and unrehearsed. Let's join John and Andrew now. I'm John C. Dvorak. Hey, and I'm Andrew Horowitz. And it's the 6th of September, a day to remember. A day, is it something? It's always the sixth seems like an important day. I don't know. It's I, hot. I was married. I think my, no, my, my daughters were born on that day. It was something else. Isn't this sixth of some month D-Day? I don't know. Is it? November Probably. 6th. No. Could be. June 6th. Good chance it is. So one chance in 30. <laughs> well, I am back. I survived just barely, by the way, the weekend in New Orleans. Ah, yes. Oh. I did some pretty good training over the last several weeks in terms of drinking and eating, trying to bulk myself up to a point where I would be able to make just a simple weekend. And I got to tell you, I put the white flag up after the second night, tapped out. All right, what was going on? What kind of what were they doing to you? We were just we we start you start in the morning, you get up, and you go for a little bit of coffee. But of course, there's a Bloody Mary involved, there's a mimosa involved, there's something else involved. You're at nine thirty in the morning, you start drinking till you know twelve thirty at night. You know, you don't have to, when you're in New Orleans, which is a great town, by the way, has a lot of things you can do there too. Uh, a lot of Southern memorabilia, memorabilia collectors, I blew that line, uh, are there and you can get all kinds of cool stuff. Uh, There's also I don't, the, the World War II Museum, which is like the second in the country in terms of uh, ratings, which we didn't go to either. Yeah, no, you just sat around drinking all. You can do that at home. What well, do you I need ate, to go to I New ate. Orleans for? That's the point. I ate as well. You but- can, okay, I will stop you again. I'm not scolding you or anything, but you can probably outcook half the places you ate at. We went to some really good restaurants, some things that I've been to in the past, and I was sorely disappointed this time. Of course. Uh, you know, we went to Mr. B's. That was it was some good stuff there, but it was not like, oh, my God. I have found that after COVID, all the high-end restaurants are just producing... I even got to have a pastry shop nearby here. I was complaining to another French pastry guy recently that the croissants have gone downhill. They're not flipping them enough times or something. I don't know this. Like I said, you could probably outcook what you, what you were attending uh, yeah. in New Orleans. Well, it was also, it was the FSU LSU game weekend. And of course, oh, now I, that would be fun. That's what I was there for. I was, I was written for FSU. Now I will share with you the other thing that was there this weekend that I did not know about before I got there. It was Decadence Fest, which is the equivalent of Key West's uh, uh, Pride Fest on steroids. <laughs> so uh, I, I didn't see a lot of what it gay. Was it a gay thing? Yeah, gay slash that genre. That whole genre. A lot of gay. A lot of rainbow flags around. Yeah. A lot of, and lot all of, kinds lot of, of all the other things. You know, there's 19 of these weird flags now. Yeah, and a lot of a lot of uh, let's just say uh, uh, chaps. Yeah, characters in chaps. Yes, that is correct. Without, of course, any kind of any kind of anything underneath the chaps. Just chaps. Just chaps, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> and where was that? That was in New Orleans. Yeah, it was in New Orleans, yeah, roaming yeah. around. Yeah. What was it? Was it a street they were going up and down? Yeah, they were, doing, the they were doing down uh, Bourbon Street, of course, and throughout the whole neighborhood. It was a whole weekend of decadence. Five days hmm. of it. Wow. Yep. So that's well, what you went down for. That's exactly. Yeah, see? <laughs> see? <laughs> now, speaking of. Um, Coincidence? Yeah, I, I think <laughs> not. So here we are. Um, the day after, a couple of days after Labor Day, which is, of course, very famous for that line in the sand of you have to put away your white pants, your white shoes post Labor Day, you know, and then you could bring them back Memorial Day. Yeah, you can't wear linen. Linen either. Yeah. So lots of things that you're supposed to put away. But I think a lot of those a lot of those old rules have become passe. Okay. Do you think? I don't know. I don't follow them. Hmm. I have I have one white linen jacket that I had uh I had tailor made in in Seoul, Korea. And I I probably pull it out once every couple of years whenever. But it looks terrific. <laughs> <laughs> I, I forgot I was talking to Mr. Fashion. 
Oh yeah. Yeah, Mr. Fashion. Yeah, me, miss me and my flannel shirts, Mr. Fashion. <laughs> yes, and your your checked flannel shirts. So uh Europe's in trouble. Some other things we could talk about this evening. Russia Russia's playing hardball ball uh with with their energy flows, and Germany's now rethinking their nuclear energy policy all of a sudden. There's a, a very important study we're gonna talk about on the benefits of talking to plants. Something that I could not miss, and I thought it would be something that we would uh, really get into. Um, I didn't want to leave it, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> we'll play on words there. Uh, and a reminder of the Close to the Pin is closing uh, for entries, I believe, Friday. And we picked a humdinger, which we're going to talk about. Now, markets. We're in the deeply oversold territory. We have bounced potential high. We've seen that happen a couple of times today. Markets in the overnight are down again. Last I saw, the Dow Jones Industrial Futures down about 170. The uh, NASDAQ Futures down about 85. I think the S&P was down, the Futures were down about uh, 15. And uh, once again, the dollar is moving higher. The yen is breaking all sorts of records to the upside, or in other words, weakening. And the euro is uh, below parity, below clip, below 99. So Yeah, you know, that's great. Uh, people should think about... Not the, if it keeps going, you know, it, this, it has been as low as 80 cents in my lifetime that I remember. I was in Europe once some years back when it was 80 cents and it was, was dynamite. Cheap. Yeah. Oh, it was terrific. I just feel like in this environment, they will readjust the prices somehow where. No, they do that anyway, but it's still, it's still noticeably cheaper. Yeah. That'd be good. Where would you go? What country? Go if Paris. you had a choice. Paris. Yeah. Uh, Right, go to Paris. Not not Italy. Uh, I mean, I like Italy, but I wouldn't go. I would go to Paris. Paris, because yeah. that's when you can really take advantage of the dollar. Yeah. So uh, the ten year hit three point three percent, three point three four percent. The ten year, which has moved up very dramatically since last week's meeting in, uh, you know, the the the, uh, the, the economic confab that we had last week when Powell spoke out west. Um, but was it really interesting to, to see what's going on, though, that we saw this dramatic bounce and the NASDAQ. This is really kind of fascinating. The, the NASDAQ bounced actually 23 percent from its low in June. Did you know that? That, that low? No, I didn't know that. Yeah, That's a good number. 23 percent. It yeah. bounced and now it's only up about 6 percent hmm. from where it was because it dropped Right down when the S&P 500, that led the pack, uh, hit its 200-day moving average, and everything just rolled. And, and it's really interesting because we've seen some things hold up really well. Your utilities, your value side, your energy stocks for the most part, you know, whereas you saw that erosion again in tech and biotech and some healthcare and um, anything that doesn't make money just got squashed again. Had a little moment there that did well. Um and then uh, the meme stops, stocks did really well until, of course, this terrible situation that happened starting about two weeks ago that started this progression and maybe was the precursor to what happened over the weekend with best uh, with, with BBBY, which is Bed Bath & Beyond, where, I don't know if you're following this whole story, but we saw that, you know, Ryan Cohn, who was the founder of Chewy, who then became the CEO of GameStop and, and, and had that whole thing go crazy and manipulating, or should I say, allegedly what looks like could be possibly manipulating stock prices, then put money into uh, a chunk of money into Bed Bath & Beyond, started a gamma squeeze by buying out-of-the-money calls in the $80 range, and then dumped everything. The stock was down 50%. And this weekend, did you see the story this weekend? What, the CFO jumping out the window? Yeah, he jumps off a very tall building and he, he dies. And now this well, I would think so at that altitude, yeah. Yes. Like 18 floors up. Yeah. And, and now the acting, I don't know, accountant is now the CFO or something of that nature. But the point is, there's a big question, right? Big question mark. Why? Well, I mean, what's up? And there's been some allegations about a pump and dump scheme that uh, they were doing what they could to hold up the stock, to get all these people to buy uh, in, sell out under the underside of it. And there was all sorts of questionable activity about who was allowed to actually um, you know, buy and sell, and and who is controlling that from the insider standpoint? And it looks like this gentleman could have been involved, and in that he was named in the lawsuit. But something's not right. 
There's a guy, there's a guy who was, I gotta find the story here, because let, let's go through this right here. Let me see where I was. Okay, here. Uh, okay. So, this is this gentleman. By the way, when you think of pump and dump, mm -hmm. Bed Bath & Beyond just doesn't seem to be the, one of the stocks you'd consider. Why? Who cares what it is? Well, it just seems to me they always seem to be some sort of low-end sleazeball, you know, stock that is uh, flying high. It's not like I don't expect anyone to do a pump and dump, for example, with General Motors. Right, because General Motors has a fair amount to float out there and it can't be really controlled because the institutions have it. But when you yeah, have a, situ a situation like this where there's very little limited float and they shorted it up uh, on the short side and then you try this gamma squeeze game, I, I get it, but it's it's all a matter of, it's not mo the name, it's more of the structure of how the shares are being held out there. Oh, okay. Yeah. So slide. this guy's name is uh, Arnal, Gustavo Arnal. Now, here's what's interesting. He was... Um, he was the CFO, I think, of like Procter and Gamble. Um, they deemed it a suicide days after the company announced that it's closing 150 stores of its lower-producing namesake store. Namesake stores, uh, New Jersey-based retailer all said it would be cutting 20% of its staff, and it added a secured note of 500 million in new financing. So there's all sorts of weird stuff going. This is this is. Uh, I gotta look this guy up because I, I remember he was he was a it's not a slouch. Well, maybe somebody threw him out the window. He was fifty two years old, maybe. Um, I mean that that happens. I mean it's the Russian style, but I don't know who. I, I thought it was Procter Gamble and a couple other major companies that he was involved with. So again, it wasn't just some you know just out of the nowhere gent, you know. So. Terrible story, terrible. But Bed Bath Beyond was down about, I don't know, 20% on that, down to about seven and a half. And GameStop was also turning lower. Uh, a couple other things, China lockdowns and OPEC production cuts are really playing havoc with oil prices. And tomorrow, big day, maybe, we have an Apple announced launch date. You know, announce a new a new launch date is going Ooh, on. yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what? Launch event. They do this once a year. They they do sometimes twice a year. Yeah, twice a year they'll do this. They make a big announcement, it becomes news. Right. You know, every company in the in the country makes big announcements once or twice a year, sometimes four times a year. But they don't get coverage like this. Right, because it would be the equivalent of twice a year. The reason you, you're watching, John C. DeVore, the reason why John would be watching, it would be the equivalent of someone doing a an announcement and a whole two-hour show about John's arm. It's an appendage of yours, the phone, for a lot of people. I, well, I mean, then, I, then answer me this question, which is the more interesting phone out there right now, are, and there's a variety of them, are these foldable Samsung phones. There's a little one that's like a pocket phone. There's one that folds out to be almost a big giant tablet. How come we don't get the coverage? I mean, those get coverage by advertising. I, I don't hear everyone getting all weirded out by, oh, there's going to be a new Samsung announcement. So I'm just saying, this just seems a little biased to funny, me. Funny that you mentioned that because I don't think we've ever in all these years talked about a Samsung announcement ever. I don't think, yeah. I, As a matter of fact, if you, if you put me in a corner and daggers in my eyes and ask me to tell you what phone is the top sell, you know, is the, is the phone that comes out with the greatest this or that from Samsung, I would not know. Yeah. <laughs> and they have the better phones. Huh. What do you think that's about? Is it just in fact you in fact have you ever had well a lot of my family has has these phones. My wife included. And sometimes we we uh she's up north right now and hasn't come down. Uh so we have these conference calls with her. And if you do Samsung to Samsung voice call, mm -hmm. it's unbelievable. Clarity. The clarity is beyond comparison. You could do any old, any, you could make these calls on any phone, but when you do Samsung to Samsung, it's like, it's like, it's humble. It's incredible. It's, Are you talking about just, a Wi-Fi call? Are you talking about? No, no, a, we're talking about a, over a regular, the, you know, a regular, a regular how was yeah. that? How was that? Why a face is that? To fa a I face mean, to face. You're talking about a, a, face video, a video call. No, it can be it can be video or it can be just a regular phone call, like a regular phone call. But how? But it's on the same network as as AT and T or Verizon. Yeah. yeah, I know. So what? What's the difference? Oh, they have better chips, I guess. 
for this. I, I'm told nobody's given me a good explanation for this, that they have a, they have a circuit that looks for other Samsung phones and they, and they just jacks up the quality. Hmm. I, I don't know. I have no idea. Wow. Interesting. But it's noticeable. Mm. I, I, it's good news, by the way, after all of the trials and, and misfortunes and the, the, the delays, we finally got the RSS feed fixed. As a matter of fact, not yeah, only did we get it fixed, we yeah, got, we got I, what do you hear? I, I got the story from the back channel. That it was fixed or was it fixed? Or was that, no, I, 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 enough said. Oh, boy. That's, a, that's, a, that's, a, that's coming right at me on that one. <laughs> Sloppy job by Horowitz setting this up to begin with? No. No, you're, you're very uh, conscientious. It's the, uh, it's not that you can talk about it. So it's fixed. That's a good thing. Bottom line is fixed. And I, and unfortunately there was a lot of pushes going on, uh, with the, uh, the feed. So a lot of people got the show a few times, but the bottom line is that there was, um, some kind of caching going on and something blocking. And there was something else with the redirects with the RSS feed that was going through this old system. And it's all been revamped and redone and renewed and direct. So nice and fast, I think. I hope it should work fine. I mean, we—you have to say because you know this for sure. We have the base skill sets, yes, <laughs> that are as good as it gets. Yeah, pretty much. Right. And it took a little bit of time to really get down to what the problem was, but it ended up working. All right, now let's talk about markets. I mentioned this earlier. Let's take a look at the sectors year to date. I think this is pretty interesting. That's not the right chart. Ah, the chart didn't come through. Well, so much for that. That's eh, a bummer. Hey, oh, bummer. I could fix that. Maybe. Maybe not. Um, you can fix it for the website. Yeah, I can fix it. Anyway, uh, it's interesting to note that the uh, the the NASDAQ is now, now down about 27% for the year again, led by technology, biotech, uh, communications. and um, But I thought it was pretty interesting that when we look at the S&P down also pretty dramatically, Dow is, is leading in a, on a relative basis. When we were at the lows, we were down about 30-something percent, you know, during that big sell-off in June. And then it came back. We're just, we're, looks like we're going to maybe be testing it a little bit um, moving forward. But there's some support down this end, and I don't think there's much panic. I think there's a realization of what's going on. So we'll have to see. It, it, I know you don't a fan of this, but I will tell you, we're, we've only a few times in the history of my knowledge hit these negative sixes, negative once once a negative seven, negative six, negative five on the key reversal indicator, and we were at like a negative five, negative six again. If it hits a negative seven, I'm pushing money in. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah, you're right. I'm not a big fan of this, but... It's yeah, worked. Maybe. It's worked. It's worked beautifully. Yeah, if it works, it works. Yep. Okay, when the tough get go... When the going gets tough, we throw out all climate control or climate worries and concerns... And we just go and light up the nuclear power plants again. Seems that Germany is going to keep two nuclear power plants active. Yeah. Why they'd shut them down. In the, for, 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 they were going to shut. They, I think two of them, they were going to shut down. And they didn't. It's because they don't like, the people don't like the word nuclear. You got to change the name. Change the name to clean, uh, long lasting and inexpensive energy. That would work. Make an acronym, acronym out of it or something. Yeah. So stupid. Um, now, was that somebody, when you said you, you you heard from the back channel, was that phone ringing a moment ago trying to correct something about the <laughs> RSS feed? It was the back channel calling me saying, hey, shh, shh, shh. <laughs> so we have to wonder, just a thought, just put this in everybody's mind for, for a second. What does nuclear run on? What's well, uranium, right? Yeah, pretty much. And... Is there going to be a new revival somehow that all of a sudden uh, that don't bed- you think it's already happened? I've been following uranium yeah. since uh, last year. I think it's already spent. Maybe. Uh, spent uranium, get it? Oh, that's so funny. Oh, God. It's like, you know, that half-life joke is just, just hysterical. Um, but, what, you know, URA is one of the sim- symbols for the nuclear ETF. ETF that has uranium. Not nuclear, yeah. uranium. So look at that. Now, Germany will keep two of its three remaining nuclear plants available for power production as a part of a reserve scheme. 
recommended by power transmission grid operators that uh, stress-tested electricity supply. Again, I, I'm, I'm still at a incredible loss, incredible loss of why they would even shut it down at all. Because they're talking about now just keeping this through 2023. Like, what's going to get better? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, all this nothing. Is the war with Russia... And Ukraine going to be over, and then all well, of well, they already said to Russia, we're not going to use your, you know, we're we're stopping, we're stopping using your gas. So you can't intimidate us with your cheap gas anymore. We're not going to use it. We'll we'll, we'll take the bullet. We yeah. shoot ourselves in the foot. You right. guys keep your gas. Yeah, which is, and and Russia said, okay, fine. They turned them off over the weekend. <laughs> well, they kind of did. They did. Yeah. They well, turned they, it off. They said they claimed they, it was a maintenance thing. They didn't say oh, it was actually. I know. They said Siemens has to come and fix it, but Siemens has no knowledge of this. Oh, well. So, but... Um, they got other outlets for the gas. I mean, there's all of South America. There's uh, India sucking the gas up as fast as it can. China will take it. I mean, it's not as hurting Russia. I mean, with these recent oil prices, Russia must have been cleaning up on this war. Yeah, I mean, they they are... I mean, I've heard that they're... Some, some of the numbers are like 80% reduction in overall sales, but... I agree with you. I don't probably, believe it. Right. They're, they're probably selling to, whether it's North Korea, China, like you said, India, and a variety of There's other. There's a lot of funny reporting on this Ukraine war. Now, today's news was that Russia's buying their bullets and shells from North Korea. I know. A million, a million uh, rounds they're going to be buying from North Korea. Yeah. Because I guess Russia can't make uh, anything. Are right. you kidding me? Does this make any sense to anyone? The Red Army? That's unbelievable. It's like it's like me going out and saying I want to buy, you know, a thousand pencils from the two-year-old down the street. It's unbelievable. It's yeah, the stupidest thing ever. Exactly like that. This is so, so ridiculous. Oh, there's a kids that got a lemonade stand. Let, let them have do dinner for us. Yeah, well, do dinner for, for the for the entire neighborhood. Yeah, it just doesn't make sense. But they're they're reporting it straight, you know, straight. Yeah. yeah. No questions asked. Not one person has come on any one of these new show, shows and said, this is the Red Army, for God's sake. It's not a bunch of slouches. And they what? They go in, the, they have a little skirmish in Ukraine, and now they can't make bullets? Are you kidding me? This just makes sense? No sense. No sense at all. No, no it's, 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 yeah. I mean, unless, unless the only thing is, unless they are saying to North Korea something like this, hey, you know what? We're going to put an order in for a million bullets and do me a favor, send over uh, 50,000 people to carry them over. And by the way, bring your guns with you. Yeah, make sure you, they're trained to shoot. Yeah. So that maybe, could be. Now, I, that would make more sense. Much more sense. Maybe it's going to be like, you know, we'll, we'll give you that the, a, a million bullets, but, you know, make sure. The Russians have been tricking certain ethnic groups to fighting the little war there. Uh, it's, it's possible. But just to buy it directly from them makes no sense. No, no. sense. Uh, oil production, which is the continuation of the same story, they cannot seem to make up its mind when it comes to OPEC. The fact is that they were going to need, after the Biden bump, you know, that little, hey, guys, hey, fellas, in Saudi Arabia, you know, maybe you can pump a little bit more <laughs> to bring down the prices a little yeah. bit, maybe. Nope. Uh, all of a sudden, now we're back to the idea that, well, uh, even though prices are... Uh, still up and elevated. We, we need them to really stay high for a while. So they're going to cut slightly, just a little bit, 100,000 barrels per day, which looks to me like a gigantic old snub of Biden and, of course, of uh, Pelosi. Oh, yeah. I'm sure that's what it's meant to be, too. And, and it was interesting because over the weekend when the Labor Day markets were closed here, of course, futures were still open, but oil spike up to like $90 a WTI and Brent was up about three and a half percent. And that dropped down today after another story about further lockdowns in China. So just to, um, this, this, this whole issue about oil is really a big problem right now. Dude, cost issues, uh, flow, economic problems that stem from this. Russia is clearly playing hardball. We know that. They said that, uh, we talked about this, that they're going to shut off its main gas line, the supply to Europe, indefinitely. So that dropped the euro down even more because they figured, this is going to really wreck Europe. So this is a problem there. Then um, you, when you look at the European gas prices, the, the, the prices of, 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 are, are pretty ridiculous. But 
Lower gas flows from Russia and following its February invasion pushed up European gas prices um, by about 400%. Now, crude oil, if you look at the, this is the chart I wanted you to look at, when we look at all the things that have gone into this, right? One, the war happens, oil spikes, because everybody's freaking out. Two, uh, China lockdowns, economic slowdown, Powell bringing up rates, the dollar just continuing to move higher like unabated. Um, against all major currencies around the world. And interestingly enough, this has nothing to do, in my opinion, with the strategic oil reserve, petroleum reserve uh, release, maybe something a little bit. We're down from the peak in June, from about $116 per barrel, down to 86 bucks today, 26% drop in oil. I, I think yeah. that's, I, it's bizarre, right? Well... I have to assume it might be bizarre, except if you just, I think if you ran this chart out a little bit more and then normalized it with some math and got rid of that peak yeah. at 116 number and tried to find some other rationale, I think it's probably what it's supposed to be. But the thing is that this is a big component I mean, that, of that, consumer that, inflation. That 160, yeah, well, that's true. The 116 thing was was bogus. That's what I said. I would agree. I would agree with that. That was a panic move. That was just a, uh, uh, just a, a, um, a short term. I agree. It's the same thing like what we saw with markets last year. That big bulge that happened. That mountain that was formed by a lot of prices that people were just going hysterically crazy over. And yes, eighty six is still high in a in an environment that looks like we're going to have major problems. But at the same time. It's also because of what's happening in Europe. You know, we're, we're getting the blowback on this. But, you know. It, and by the way, by the way, the giveaway when it was 116 or up, way up there mm -hmm. was Goldman Sachs and I think even J.P. Morgan saying it's going to 200. Remember that again? Once it's, you hear that, that's a, I think it's a, I honestly now believe since we've seen this happen over and over again, that that's a sell sign. I think it may actually be a, in, in, on purpose. It may be an on-purpose code to, to, to dump oil. So it's like a Larry David accidental texting on purpose thing? Yeah, exactly. So, David. But it's on purpose for <laughs> evil reasons, right. not for any. Yeah. It's like an outward, hey, you know what? We're uh, thinking the oil is going to go much higher from here, wink. Uh, that we're, You know, and uh, so uh, we're going to be really uh, holding on to our positions for a very short period of time. Right? You know, like that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I could be, and, and I want to, I, I, I do, I do wonder how they came up with all that. Um, it, it's, it's, they've done it. I agree. They've done it before. And it's almost like they're just part of the, the scheme to try to maybe keep it up to get all their people out before the thing is the bottom falls out. Or to get out right there, or to short go the go the other direction. I mean, these these kinds of commodities are highly leveraged, I and mean, yeah. you can really make a lot of money if you know what's going on. So, how, but but what what does that how does that benefit them from a from the standpoint of of viewing them as a place that you would want to have your money run if they outwardly are wrong about things like that? I mean, I think J.P. Morgan, or maybe it's. I think it's J.P. Morgan. It's calling for like some 4,400 on the S&P at the year end. I mean, we have to have a huge run for that to happen. Well, that's a good question right there. I don't know. I don't know how it benefits them insofar as their reputation is concerned. Right. Exactly. But I do know this. People people definitely forget pretty quickly. Yeah, that's true. Like instantaneously. <laughs> like, the next, yeah. like the next day. Next day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, California, you're going to be in for it now. Highest rates since 2020 on electricity. We're seeing a potential for rotating outages to conserve energy. Did you, last time this happened, did you have any of those rotating blackouts or outages? No, I'm on the same circuit as the police department. So oh, it doesn't good. happen. To me. Oh. Yeah, it's, oh. it's just a coincidence. But uh, no, so I never, it never happens to me. But it happens to everybody else, and it's like uh, it always happens when Democrats are governors, by the way. This has never happened with the Republican administration, but the, that's beside the point. Um, and what do you think that is? They're, they're reckless. 
They are unable. I don't to think they know what they're doing. I think I think they're buffaloed. I don't think they're doing it. I think they're just having it done to them. You know, could you seriously name for a moment in the last decade anybody in government that you could think of on the, you know, whether it was governors or senators that seems to know what they're doing? Because it looks like the brains have left the building. You know, I think I do like DeSantis. Mm -hmm. Okay. I think he kind of knows what he's doing because he's doing a lot of social stuff that seems to be a good idea. Uh, And he seems to be running the state. He's not making anybody unhappy down there. That's for sure. We're happy as clams down here. By the way, no sales tax, only 7%. In New Orleans, sales tax was 12%. And forget about the tax on liquor. It's ridiculous. Uh, Down here, it's a 7%, depending on 7, 7 7.5, depending where you are. No state income tax. Yeah. And we're just doing just fine. Yeah. Well, you know, I have always liked to compare the high state income tax of California with the high, with the no state income tax of Washington state. There's also a state income tax in Oregon. They have no sales tax in Oregon. So if you live in Southern Washington, you really haven't made, but that's beside the point. What's noticeable to me is that when you're driving in California, I don't care where it is. I should make more films of this, but this just all potholes. In Washington state where there's no state income tax, it's smooth as silk. I don't know. The roads are dynamite. There is, well, one of the things is you have unions and you have all of the excess government spending on government in California and in New York. It, it's like, it, you know, California is like Ford and GM, where Florida, for example, maybe in Washington uh, state is more like a Tesla Ford and GM are carrying more people on the payroll that are not working than that are working. Yeah. They're carrying a lot of people on these. Yeah. The state has to go bankrupt to correct these problems and they're, they're reluctant to do it. I mean, look I at think Illinois. they're technically Illinois like that. Yeah. And they, they, they're reluctant to go bankrupt too. Cause they know what happens if they go bankrupt. I don't want to get into politics, but it seems to me that once a state goes bankrupt, it's going to be blamed on the Democrats and they'll have trouble getting in office for probably 30, 40 years. Terrible, stupid, stupidity, stupidity. Now with but this, they whole- should go bankrupt. That's the only way to correct these issues. So I don't, one thing I don't understand about California in particular, and I really, it, 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 it bewilders me. This whole idea of clean energy utilizing all sorts of alternate sources, whether it's solar or wind or name, whatever you want, whatever the particular, they're probably, there's, there's probably some ocean current. There's some. Yeah, they don't do that. They talk a game there, but we've never, nobody's putting that into play. But in California, big, big, big on electric vehicles. Yeah. Big. Yeah. 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 And we have the highest rate since 2020. We're supposed to have electric vehicles that are going to save us on one of the big selling points was it's going to save you on all sorts of, you know, costs for running your car. Meanwhile, first of all, you may have outages. You won't be able to even freaking charge your car. I know that's the irony. That's the one that cracks me up. <laughs> In fact, there was an alert today because we have a hot temperature day. It was 96 here and I'm right on the bay. So it's pretty, uh, pretty bad, but it's not too bad because the humidity is only 35%. Unlike, you know, where you get other 96 degrees, 96% humidity. But they made an announcement today. You can't, don't do any washing machines or anything after four o'clock. Oh. And don't charge your car. <laughs> no charging of the car. Yeah, then, so you're, what are you going to do? Stay home? Take an Uber the next day? What are you going to do? So stupid. Just so st- it's just stupidity upon stupidity. It's like a giant turd cake. Just stupid. All right, moving on to more stupidity. Uh, We have uh, China. China is um, now locking down some districts of the southern technical technology hub of uh, Shenzhen, which is going to curb activities like dining out, entertainment venues are being closed. They're stopping short of a full lockdown, but uh, they have 18 million people there. Remember, Chengdu is 21 million people. They locked down. It's still in lockdown. They're under, these 18 million in Shenzhen are under COVID controls. Think about that. We're talking about uh, 40 million people, round number. 40 million people. Yeah, that's a lot. That's 12%. That's like the East Coast of of the United States. Yeah. Just under lockdown. What year are we in? 
We're in 2000. It's ridiculous. This whole idea. Yeah. We're not making any progress. Well, they're not. No, they're not making any progress at all. I listen, I was at, uh, I I was, uh, at this, uh, this weekend, I was looking around at one point going, oh my, I'm in a very, very, uh, crowded bar. Oh, with the bands. Can I tell you something? I was so impressed with the bands that I was listening to in on Bourbon Street, a couple of the famous store and the drinkery. I mean, the bands were dynamite, dynamite. And there's a lot of people in these venues. And I was looking around going, oh, you know what? I didn't even think about it until just now uh, that COVID is still a thing, right? It's still, you can get it. Right. I get on the plane, by the way, on the way home in Southwest. I get on the plane. I get in a seat. I'm not really comfortable. It's, I'm on the aisle. This guy has got his legs like open wide. And I said, ugh. So I went to the One seat. One of those guys. Yeah, I went to the seat in front of me. And there was a woman, nice woman, a Latin woman and, and her husband. And she is just hocking up a lung. Ah, God. <laughs> and I'm, yeah. I'm like, yeah. excuse me. <laughs> have you seen a pulmonologist? <laughs> and she says, no speak English. The only thing she could say is no speak English and no COVID, no COVID. That's what she says the whole time to me. She's, <laughs> no COVID. Uh, yeah, like, thanks. Thanks for not giving me COVID. I'll, I'll pre- really appreciate tuberculosis. <laughs> so I hand her a mask. <laughs> I go, now everybody, everybody in my quadrant. So let's say one seat up, one seat back, left and right, all everybody in the aisle, all of a sudden puts on masks on the plane. <laughs> With this woman. Oh. And then, of course, her husband is the guy with this big Samsung. It's like the, the, the 13-inch Samsung phone or whatever it is. You know what I'm talking about? He doesn't know anything about headphones. So he's making calls. He's making calls on speaker to his whole family. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Unbelievable. It goes on. Can't make this stuff up. Um, anyway, so what we're talking about with Shenzhen and Chengdu are under lockdowns, of course, and they're trying to continue on with their COVID zero policy. So restrictions in the central business districts of, of Fulian and Langua, Langyo, Langhu, however you pronounce that, um, which is a home to the major campus of Apple phones. Uh, the, 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 the company Foxconn, which you know of, uh, has been there. So they're going to be extending that through Sunday while residents in several areas across the city were asked to work for, from home. So a lot of these people not only have to work from home, but they also have to work, some of them, inside the factory as their home. You know, we think we got a bad here with a little rolling blackout. Can you imagine if, if, if they're like, hey, you have to work at the factory, move in, bring your duffel bag and your, 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 your cl- with your clothes, and if you, if you have a pillow, that would probably be better? Terrible. I'd say that's pretty bad. It's awful. So uh, that's going on. Now, in uh, the world of social media, some big news. Uh, You know, there's been a lot of uh, concern over privacy, of course. There's also been concern about who you're marketing to and the issue of your personal data. Well, Ireland, which is pretty fascinating, because remember that these reverse mergers for many years were happening and everybody was uh, doing it with companies in Ireland? Yeah, so you could take advantage of the tax benefit. Yeah. So now Ireland gets you in there, and now all of a sudden they are dropping the bomb on some of these uh, companies. Ireland's data privacy regulator has agreed to levy a a record fine of 405 million euros, which, by the way, we don't really need to calculate that anymore. (laughs) It's 405. Don't get used to it, but yeah, it's great. Uh, Against social network Instagram, which is, of course, uh, owned by Facebook, following an investigation into its handling of children's data. So there's an appeal in progress, of course, but... This investigation started in 2020, and it focused on child users between the age of 13 and 17. I don't know why they did it 13, not 12 or 11, but 13 and 17, which I guess is just before the age of adulthood, right? Official 18 years old, who are allowed to operate business accounts, which facilitated the publication of the user's phone number and or email address. So I guess what they did was somehow the child who was age 14 started some kind of online business selling widgets and in the in the process put their email and their phone number out there 
for use for maybe taking orders or answering questions or something of that nature. And yeah. that violated the children's privacy because now people can get the information. Huh. So I think we should hand it to the 13 year old that is bold enough to start <laughs> an online business. Like 14 years old and making money. Yeah. I mean, I don't understand. Dropping up the family. Yeah. So yeah, we used to have child labor laws too, you know? Yeah, that, that they may may hit that as well. Who knows? But these are self and self employed. Well, supposedly, you know, I know what it is. I mean, I was when I was a kid, I do stuff like that or trying to make some money. Yeah, you go wash cars. You have a little business. So I had a, I had two paper routes. Uh, I used to sell things too. Now, when you had your paper route, were you all geared up for that time of year where you slip that blank envelope inside the newspaper that you rolled up to give to the people? So hopefully, they'd give you back a tip. I never did that. What? How did you how did you collect uh the did you get tips every time or something or waited to the end of the year? Went door to door to collect the money. And they would tip you on top of the cost? Sometimes. Mm. 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 Yeah, people- I was never I was never one to uh to hound people for tips. No. I mean, I mean, it's, I may have been. How things have, have, change, how things have changed. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's quite different now. But <laughs> Good. So uh, I maybe should have, should have, because I always had, I didn't even, I had this guy every once in a while, they, they it sent somebody out. This is when the, when there were paper boys and they was a real business and they would send, and I have a, still have a trophy. I think maybe twice in it. I got paper boy of the year twice, I think. And a little wait, 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 wait. paper boy of the year for, for a region, for a state, for what the company? Uh, for the company. Wow. That's impressive. Uh, yeah, I thought so, but I don't even know how how I got it. Now I look back on it. Of course, it was a long time ago. But they would send out this guys that would come out. And I believe they were called expediters. Uh, they had a code name for these guys. And they were like adults, sales guys that hmm. could do uh, mono a mono sales. So he, he they say, well, you know, you could probably have more people uh, subscribing. We'll put send an expediter send send this guy out. So that I had to go out with this guy door to door to door, and you know, you condemning me for one thing or another. And when they were collecting, he says, you know, usually the guy would go off and he just hard sell them. I'd be sitting, sitting there watching this guy do this, and it was impressive. He would he could sell anybody anything, and I ended up like doubling my route. You know, after this guy got through with there me, there you go. He would just go from door to door to door. Why don't you, why don't you get, the, you, don't you read the newspaper? Well, you read the morning. You should read this paper. This is a better newspaper. And by the way, this is a local kid. You know, he it relies and he just go on and on and on and just hard sell the person until they buckled. Well, you can't afford two bucks. What is the deal with you? Yeah, today, today it's a lot different. It's like, listen, if you don't want to buy the paper, I understand. It's fine. You know what? I'm sure you get your news somewhere else. It would just be, you know, something that I want to talk to you about. But I hope you don't get upset with me by saying this. You know, that's how they are today. Everybody's apologizing for everything. Uh, yeah, they don't have the, the sales. A lot of the sales techniques are lost. Right. What was that movie? Tin, tin, uh, tin Men? No, no. They, they were selling the, the tin siding. <laughs> I, I did that for Not a while. Nicholas, was Nick, was it Nicholas Nickleby? No. No, but they, they also had Glenn a, they Gary had a, Glenn a, Ross. Glenn Gary well, you Glenn remember Ross. The, you remember the movie uh, Boiler Room? Of course. Yep. Good stuff. Okay. Back on track. Sorry. All right. So uh, update CVS is going to buy Signify, which was uh, up for grabs by a few different companies for about $8 billion in cash, a move that will enable one of the largest U.S. healthcare companies to provide further care management to patients in their homes. There's a lot of um, home stuff going on there. So that's pretty cool. Let's see what else we got. Economic update. Oh, I thought we haven't talked about economics in a while. Like what's, what's happening. So I thought I'd talk to you and ask you a couple of things that are, or what your thoughts are. So, uh, last Friday was a, um, a jobs Friday where you have the information come out. The official unemployment rate came to 3.7 from 3.5. So a big jump. That compared to what we've had before. So the unemployment's moving higher. Everybody's like, oh, oh, we're on the road. You know, Jay Powell, he's slowing down the economy. We're going down to recession. We got three. We went from 3.5, 3.7. Folks, 3.7 is still full employment. The job openings that are out there are still dramatic. Uh, people are still looking for jobs. We put on 300,000 plus, 315,000 
onto the payrolls. Yeah, that's and a lot. So things aren't so bad. The average hourly earnings went uh, down slightly to 0.3 versus 0.4 expected. So that's uh, you know an average of a 3.6% uh, year over year, which is below inflation rate, of course. But remember, that's sticky. Uh, ISM services came out today. The non-manufacturing came out at 56.9, which is good expansion, which once again spooked markets. Light week otherwise this week. Coming up this week, the Beige Book, which is the reading from the regional feds uh, around the country that will tell us how things are going in their neck of the woods. Initial claims, consumer credit, and wholesale inventory. So a very, <clears throat> very light, very light week for, for economics, which... You would think without a lot of economics coming out, the Beige Book may be something tomorrow. But other than that, I'm not really thinking that that should play any kind of major role in the market. So, you know, we'll see what happens. Um, there's a new rule on disclosure that's out. That uh, who, puts, who puts these rules out? This, well, this is the SEC. So they can make these rules. U.S. listed companies will need to disclose how the pay of their top executive squares with overall company performance. So right now it's like the Wild West. As long as it's approved by shareholders and board, people can get paid all sorts of things for all sorts of reasons, right? You know, just because, hey, we love your smile. Let's uh, give him 100,000 yep. shares for that. Or, uh, you know, whatever it may be. So in addition, U.S. listed companies will have to provide a clear description of the relationship between each financial performance measure and CEO pay. Versus other named executives. More paperwork. Yeah, well, no question about that. Plus, not only is it more paperwork, it's a shaming, it looks like. If, Maybe. Because if, well, you know, if you have one company that the CEO made $12 million, but his stock was up 22%, and you got this other CEO who made $42 million, and his stock was flat on the year, how do you square that? How is he helping out? The uh, the shareholders. And on top of that, how is his pay derived in comparison to employees' pay? You, know, you got a CEO who's making $42 million on a total payroll of $84 million. So you got, you know, as an example. So you have all the employees, the 150, 200 employees are making a total of, eight, of, of $42 million, And the CEO is making $42 million. How does that work? So this is going to be, I think, a shaming. This comes as a push uh, from President Joe Biden's administration is forcing listed companies to review working conditions, pay equity, hiring, and retention policies. Yeah, like he would know anything about any of that. He's never worked a day in his life. He understands uh, the word force, what force means. And um, he understands, nope, I take it back. None of those. <laughs> This is by far one of the worst administrations I can remember in a long time. Well. Terrible. Terrible. Uh, let's talk about plants, which is something that we don't get too upset about. There was a survey done by uh, Trees.com. Trees.com. Nearly 48% of the people surveyed by Trees.com admitted that they have talked to their leafy creatures. <laughs> and a majority of those individuals, 62%, believe it's helped them with their mental health. Uh, probably has. So the survey- we don't get any lip. So a couple things. Survey polled 1,250 people. Now, let's admit that there's a high, more than a high probability that the people that are going on trees.com and taking a survey probably have an affinity towards- They're probably nuts. Plants, right? Yeah, definitely. So therefore- this survey is very much slanted to those people that are already, already talking to trees. Yeah, exactly. So a, mar a majority say they only talk to their house plants, but 62% talk to outdoor plants, which seems like that seems like talking to strangers, I guess, maybe, right? Yeah, well, you can now it looks like you're on your cell phone. Yeah, and 37% talked to the trees that they walk by on the street. Hello, Mr. Oak. How are you today? I mean, how's that work, right? And a fifth, over a fifth of the participants, twenty-seven point six percent, say they've hugged a plant, and twenty-two percent says they've kissed one. 
you know, they had a uh, there was some sort of a protest recently when it was in Washington and they was actually interviewing some woman, uh, a co-ed. She was probably in uh, early 20s or late, very early 20s. And she was literally hanging on, hugging a tree. And they did a whole interview with her. She's hugged. The, she was hugging this tree. And I just found it fascinating because I always heard you know, always call people tree huggers. Yeah. But this was one of them. And I was she was on television. Was this because she was scared of something or was this because she was? No, she was, she was protecting some forest oh, or some oh, damn oh, thing. Oh, I see. So this is, this is what, this is fascinating because this is called horticultural therapy, which allows individuals to process challenges that they're facing in their own lives by shifting their focus to being in control of something that is more predictable. Now you and Adam, by the way, Adam, uh, Adam Curry, uh, and and John C. Dvorak, they do a fascinating uh, podcast each and every week, twice a week, called No Agenda, and that is uh, in the afternoons on Thursdays and on Sundays at 2 p.m. Eastern time. You can listen to it live on the No Agenda stream, uh, or you can uh, get it on any of your favorite podcast apps. Now, you're always looking for, well, Adam's always looking for an exit plan, right? The exit, there's an exit strategy, exit strategy, right? Yeah, so it's a, it's a running gag. Well, why don't you do like, you know, the big money that was made from sheep yoga. Why don't you become like horticultural? Goat yoga. What? Goat yoga. When I say sheep, yeah. Goat yoga. Why don't you do like virtual horticultural therapy? (laughs) And what you should do is have- neither one of us are are of the horticultural type. That's the problem. What do you mean? Who cares? Just put a plant. Well, that's true. Just put a plant in front of a Zoom camera. We like to be sincere in our efforts. Oh, okay. Well- you could then hire people who are horticultural experts and then possibly you sell a plant because you will find that plant that provides the, just the right amount of touch for that person's particular condition. Psoriasis, you need an ivy, you know, for for, for mental disorders. Well, you've got this you all worked out. Tree. Yes. I think, and by the way, as the way you describe it, it's a dynamite idea. Fantastic, right? Yeah. And we'll, we'll, put, we'll put some kind of an evergreen uh, you know how you have the U-log, you know, the U-log uh, that you do, you know, that just a, a continuing uh, running. The U-log. What a, U-log, U-log, U-log. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, the one that's on the screen. Yeah, so we will have a, a, a subscription-only plan to watch, let's say, a mini maple grow, and we'll just have a camera pointed at it in perpetuity. And every once in a while, someone will come in. With nice yeah, where nail some deer will nails. come along and eat the thing right on, right on camera. Oh, you put something. Some, yeah, somebody put some caterpillars on there. And then you just squirt it with a little bit of, of water. Yeah, good stuff. Anyway, uh, if something's bothering you, maybe horticultural therapy could be that trick that just takes you right into that zone that you need to be. Check it out. Uh, Apple event tomorrow, we talked about that. I don't know, does it matter anymore? We'll see. Apple iPhone 14 announcement, the Watch 8. I'm going to be looking at pricing and what that's going to look like. I think it's going to be pretty interesting, especially in time of... Uh, Inflation as we have. They right won't. Now. They won't give. What about the subscription plan they're talking about? Have you been following that at all? Yeah, it's. I I, I have followed it when it first came out, and it seems to have petered out. Yeah, I don't understand. I thought we're on a subscription plan. <laughs> I thought this how this works. Yeah, you they, were anyway. You kind of anyway. Yeah. I guess it's gonna be a lease to. We're on a lease to own right now, and a lot of this with you could buy an iPhone and have the upgrade program through AT and T and all that. But I guess they're gonna do the subscription plan where they're gonna. I don't know what they're going to do. They're going to wrap it all, and maybe they're the ones that want to collect. Maybe they want the interest rate as interest rates come up now, as opposed to passing it along to. Oh, that's a very good observation because, as, yeah. because for the last, I'd say, decade, interest rates were meaningless. You, you, what was the point of say, you know, well, I'm not going to pay my bills right away because I want to make the. You can't know. It didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. The, the old theory was, oh, wait to the last minute because if. Cause you're going to make, you know, a few bucks on the interest rates by keeping the money. No, no, that never worked out. You weren't getting anything. There was no interest. You right. get a nickel. Right. So there was, but now, but, but before then and now, but before then I remember this in the seventies and eighties, the idea was to, you know, uh, make the money on the float. Yep. And now there's the potential to do a subscription where you just bundle all together and, Maybe make a vig on the payments, and they'll take that away from the other companies that were. Uh, I don't think Citizen One that was doing the major financing, automatic financing through Apple, was owned by them. I don't think so. They probably get a piece of it, 
We're going to have to keep an eye on this idea that yeah. you just brought up because I think that is going to start to happen. Right. And We're then, going to return back to the 80s mm-hmm. style of financing. I like it. And our last bonus point uh, here is e-cigarette maker Jewel Labs has agreed to pay $438 million Jeez. to settle claims by 34 years. How much years money are they making? Well, they're they're owned by Philip Morris now. They were bought, and then it just went yeah, no, straight down. I understand downhill. that. Yeah, totally. So now as part of the settlement, here's what's really creepy. As part of the settlement, Jewel has agreed to refrain from some kinds of marketing, including the use of cartoons, product placement, and depictions of users under 35 under Why 35? I don't know. Well, they make it 70. It's the weirdest thing. Yeah, it's 70 and decrepit. Yeah. Mentioning again, the closer they've been for Bed Bath & Beyond is over on dhunplug.com. The show notes for this uh, and every discussion we have with lots of links and things to look at are over on dhunplugged.com as well. This is show number, I don't know, it's 622. So you'll find that over there. Of course, you can also go over to our page because one of the things you want to do, and it's important to do because you have to support us because like that whole ordeal that uh, took us around in circles with the RSS feed, you know, that's uh, cost developer time. So we have to pay that, and you help us through donations. Go over to DH Unplugged and click that button. Thank you for all the people that donated last week. And if you haven't donated in a while, you should feel really guilty and terrible about yourself. Because you could just so easily go over and click that button, and it, it's almost—it'd be the equivalent of kissing a hydrangea. So donate it. Well, you're, you're working back on your thing again. Yeah, I'm working. I'm trying to, trying to. Yeah, of course, of course. All right, let's take a look at uh, some of the stocks that we got going on here. This is a game that we play. It's not a solicitation to buy or sell any security. It's not a recommendation of any kind. Nothing on the show should be considered investment advice or a recommendation. If you choose to invest in any of the stocks mentioned, you should know that it may carry risk, along with the risk of a loss of principal. You should also seek out professional financial advice for your particular situation. We assume no risk as these are not to be considered recommendations. Horowitz Company, myself, or John C. Dvorak may invest in any of the securities mentioned, and we'll disclose that on the website under the weekly stock picks section. You can go to dhunplug.com and see all the names we discussed in the segment, along with the performance information from the date discussed, as well as any additional important disclosures. Okay, what do is we that, got? Is that redone? Is that you re-record re, re that? No, it's the same one. Huh. You can just hear it now <laughs> after, I, after I change those settings in Zoom. Oh, okay, that must be it. Um, yeah, here we are, and it looks like we're, all of our picks from 720, uh, July 20th, uh, and on are in the red. They're all losers, which just tells me that we should have been shorting what instead of buying it would yeah, have been seven twenty-seven. You went short Costco. It's only down one percent. Yeah, that's the only one that I, I probably yeah okay I shorted one, but I should have shorted them all. Look at these these numbers. Yeah, nerdy, but you know what? You're gonna get clipped on some of those, like Beam Therapeutics and Nerdy. Win was mine. You're gonna we're gonna get clipped on those with this kind of volatility. Yeah, well, we've had gone through this before years ago when we had volatility issues. Yeah. And it was just bouncing things around. But but while that's going on, you still have your Medtronic, your FVC, Bancorp, uh, even Kellogg's. Which leads uh, us to believe to, to say that we, you know, should be maybe looking for much more solid, tried and true utilities, you know, think names like Yes, that's exactly what it's telling us. Yeah, that's what yeah. it's telling us in this kind of environment. And then we should beef it up, which we know. I mean, obviously we know that, but um, this game is a little bit more loose. We play it, right? Well, we're always trying to hit some home run. Right, exactly. Which we have. Out of yeah. the park. Out of the park. Absolutely. Yep. You got any picks this week? No, I'm skipping it. I'm skipping it too. It's too much volatility and crap going on. And it's for everybody's benefit. We'll have something maybe that will come up next week that will be a little uh, better as as maybe uh, we can get the oversold reading. We, we're, we're, there's a couple of things that are converging too in the next couple of days if it stays this like we're seeing now. Uh, let's see where futures are right now, shall we, before we go? Yeah. Let's see. Here, here. That's commodities. All right, here we go. Uh, Dow futures down 131, down a quarter percent or so, S&P down half percent, and NASDAQ down 47. So they came back from the uh, down 100 when we started the show. So things are leveling off a little bit. So we'll see what happens there. Well, yeah. I'm still looking for the 29,000, but we'll see. Are you going to get there? Are you going to get close? We clipped uh, 4,000 on, right now, the uh, 
you get you need a thousand points, which is only three yeah. percent for the Dow. That's nothing. Yeah, one one bad piece of bad news. Yep, exactly. Anything else you want to pump or pitch? I can't think. I can't think of anything offhand. All right. So I'll just we'll talk again on Tuesday. All right. See you again then. All right. Bye. 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 You've been listening in on a conversation with John C. Dvorak and Andrew Horowitz. Hope to be with you again soon. Bye-bye. Now, I'm not broke, but badly bent. I'm not down to my last cent, cause I got a dollar, but it's my last dollar bill. <laughs> yes, sir. In my pockets, there's a dent. All my dough is nearly spent, but I got a dollar, and it's my last dollar bill. Oh, I'd love just one more buck fortune left me by chance. Now, here's a hint. I feel like a man. You can hardly tell by a glance. I don't care. No millionaire can give me the ice stare because I got a dollar. My last dollar bill. Horowitz & Company, Inc. is registered as an investment advisor with the state of Florida and conducts business in other states where it is properly registered or is excluded from registration requirements. Registration does not imply any level of skill or training.